So uh, how was the Calgary Stampede? Oh, Calgary Stampede is great. Uh, it's probably my my favorite ten days of the year. Like it's very few and far between. You find a bunch of urban people who like to pretend to be cowboys for ten days. <laughs> so um, like I, I personally own a very nice cowboy hat, and it's the only time of the year when people aren't making fun of me for wearing it. <laughs> Um, and if you've ever seen like rodeo shirts, like with all the crazy logos and uh, the patterns, yeah. like yeah. that's very much my vibe. So <laughs> it was, it was a good 10 days. Sure. Right? That's pretty oh, sweet. Yeah. Did you get paid to go out there or did you just go out there for fun? No. So, um, I, uh, I'm originally from Calgary, so okay. I went back home and spent some time with my mom and saw my dad and my, uh, my sister just, uh, finished law school in the UK. So she's home. Um, so it was just kind of an opportunity for all of us to, to kind of spend some time together. So. It was just kind of an impromptu trip and fell on the right dates, so made it all work. That's pretty That's sick. Awesome. That's pretty sick. <laughs> but, and then uh, you were telling us earlier that you kind of got a paid shoot out of it? Yeah, so, um, f- well, funny story. I wasn't planning on doing a lot of work while I was in Calgary. It was mostly, mostly family time, but I think it was it was, uh, it was was Thursday night. It was like 12 o'clock at night. I was planning on going to bed, and one of the, um, the Alberta-based Facebook groups I was in, a photographer posted saying, hey, like, I've burnt my hand. And I have a photo shoot at Lake Moraine um, at five o'clock in the morning, and um, so Calgary, so Calgary's in southern Alberta. Uh, Lake Moraine's in Banff, which is about two two and a half hour drive. Um, so I kind of did the logistics of it. Um, I went to bed for about twenty minutes. I packed all I packed all my equipment, made sure all my batteries were charged, packed my equipment, um, left at three o'clock in the morning um, to get there at five. Um, now this photographer had initially told me that it was an engagement shoot, but it turns out that this couple had already been married and that they were, they had showed up in their like suit and their wedding dress. So we're, we're trekking around the mountains, um, taking photos around the lake at five o'clock in the morning. And now most of the time you'd think that, oh, five o'clock in the morning, there's, there's nobody out and about, but we get there and the parking lot's like 50% full. So (laughs) we're trying to navigate all the good spots and all the good angles while you have, everybody with their iPhone trying to get the sunset and standing out on the logs. And so that was fun. Um, like that's kind of what I like about photography is, is the network that you have. And, um, like I've, I've had problems before where I'm like, Hey, like I can't do this shoot for X or Y reason. And I've been able to reach out and find somebody that's, that's reliable who can go and kind of fulfill the service for me. And I, I still get to edit and I don't have to worry about that person, um, shooting the wrong file types or yeah. shooting the wrong angles. So, um, that's kind of the fun part of the job, I guess. Oh, yeah. That must have been rough, driving two hours and a half, and, like, right when you're done your drive and you're dead tired, you have to go and shoot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, oh, like, the only, like, the only reason that I worked at all is, like, my sister agreed to come with me. Like, okay, I, yeah, I paid okay. her to be my assistant for the morning. So she drove okay. she drove up oh, while dude. I took a nap, and then I drove <laughs> back and took a nap, and, like, yeah. it was, that okay. was the only way that would have worked because it was – uh, this photographer was in Canmore, so for her it was only an hour drive, whereas for us it was yeah. four hours round trip. It was, but you know what, it was a good shoot. Oh, yeah. It was the first time I'd ever been out to Lake Moraine, and like I got paid to go to Lake Moraine for the first time. So there you go. Everybody, <laughs> everybody, everybody wins. Yeah, yeah, I definitely want to go check that out. Like Lake Louise, Lake Moraine, yeah. kind of yeah. all the hot spots out there. You got like I would recommend staying away during the summer, just because it is ridiculous. As far as tourists go, um, I remember last summer I tried to go up and you have the classic shot of the mountains in the back, Lake Louise, classic shot, mountains in the background, um, blue water. Um, I showed up at eight o'clock in the morning and the lot was already full at oh, the yeah. lake. Yeah. So, and there were tour buses after tour buses of tourists coming in. And it was just like, 
and everybody's elbowing each other to get the same shot. So summer's summer's tough for for going out to the going out to Banff, but uh, it is it's beautiful all year round. Oh yeah, um, oh yeah, especially oh, yeah. during the winter. I've oh, seen yeah. Peter's shots and stuff like mm-hmm. that, like the bucket shot. That yeah, was, yeah, that was crazy. Oh, I really want to do that one day. Just get up at like four in the morning just oh, yeah. to get yeah. there in time. <laughs> The probably like I guess kind of the, the the one shot that if if when you do get out there you want to aim for is um, have you ever heard of Morin's Curve? No. So there's um, there's a CN rail that kind of runs through the mountains. Oh, okay. So um, and there's actually there's a lookout specifically for this shot and um, I guess kind of the, the the money shot is you get the train the red train coming through the mountains during the winter so you've got the white the red um, all the different colored cars. Um, I, I tried to get that shot last winter, and um, unless you have like um, like a hog radio or a CV radio, um, you don't really know when the train is coming. So you could be there for <laughs> you could be there for an hour, you could be there for four hours. The train could not come at all. Um, the and we I think we were there for I think we were there for three hours, and um, finally somebody who was there who had a radio said, "Oh, like he's coming around the bend now." Turns out that it was. The wrong color train <laughs> going the wrong direction um but i still got kind of the shot it wasn't yeah, the shot right, that i wanted yeah. but it was um it was it was a great shot i still haven't edited it still, <laughs> still on my hard drive um but that's kind of the, the money shot and the nice thing too is during the winter um cn has their holiday train oh, so okay. you can kind of catch like the uh, it's all decorated with lights and santa claus and reindeer and you can get it coming through the mountains and that's it's the golden opportunity and that only happens once a year. Yeah. <laughs> so, That'd be crazy to get that. Yeah, all timing. It's definitely the one thing I do miss about Alberta is like here, like you have a lot of nice landscapes. There's the uh, like you have um, Gatineau Hills during the fall. Yeah. Like I love those pictures, but uh, yeah. it's really hard to beat the mountains, which yeah. you don't really get out here. Oh, yeah, very true. That's crazy. So I know that you like kind of travel a lot. And, like, you get paid to travel a lot, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, how do you kind of go about gaining those clients? Do they come to you? Do you kind of try and find them? Um, so far, it's been a lot of um, coming to me, which I'm really grateful for because I really don't like cold calling. Like, as yeah. working in, previously working in sales, I really hate cold calling. And yeah. I'm kind of ho- hoping in anticipation that someone's going to respond to my proposal. Um, so, a lot of, yeah, a lot of the time I've... Um, Brands have reached out to me, and then in cases where um, I do travel a lot, as it is, like I have, I have a girlfriend who lives in San Francisco, so oh, shit, okay, I, yeah. I, and she she's from Europe originally, so whenever she travels, I'll try and kind of coordinate with her when she's going, and then when I'm there, I try to make the best and see if there are um, either opportunities online or opportunities locally to to work with companies there. So, like when I was uh, I was in San Francisco, um, she was at, like. When she was at work, I just kind of browsed through Facebook and looked through a bunch of groups and see, hey, like, is there anyone um, like posting? Like, are, are there models that are looking to either update portfolios? Are there couples that are looking for engagement shoots? And I just kind of pull around there and see if there's anything that catches my eye. And that's the great part about photography for me is that it's you can take it and it's fun with you wherever you go, and you can also kind of work on demand. Yeah, um, very true. I just forgot, totally forgot to do an intro. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, only seven minutes in. Ah, whatever. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Born to Create Podcast, ran by ACF.media. You can listen to the podcast on YouTube, iTunes, and Spotify. Uh, please do like, subscribe, comment, share. Do leave us a rating. It does help a lot. 
Make sure to check out our Instagram at Born to Create Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ace. Uh, my Instagram is acf.media. I'm Frank, content creator and strategist. Sticking with it this one? Yeah, let's go for it. <laughs> That's the spirit. Oh, yeah. And uh, this is our guest, Harrison. Hey, guys. So I'm, I'm a photographer, um, entrepreneur in general. I've got a, a couple of balls in the air, and I thought I'd sit down with Frank and Ace and kind of talk about photography and everything else in between. Yeah. Yeah, yeah thanks for uh, actually coming by. Yeah. Yeah, no, nice sorry. I had to cancel you guys earlier <laughs> this week. It was... Oh, my. Reasons beyond my control. Oh yeah, big guy. <laughs> oh, good. Busy guy. <laughs> so uh, yeah, what kind of got you started in photography? Um, so I like I, I was thinking about this actually on the drive down. Like I've been I've been doing photography for a long time. Like I think my first camera was a well, actually no. As a kid, my parents would always send me to camp during the summer with those disposable Kodak. Oh, yeah. So I love and I love taking that to camp because again I think I had twenty four pictures in a row and it's like yeah I'm gonna plan my whole week around twenty four shots because this is all I have. Um, and then like my first kind of quasi real camera was was a Rebel T three I back in in high school. I had a I there was a journalism program in my high school and uh, this group of friends and I who would like to take out like the equipment and like shoot landscapes shoot like uh, street photography. Um, and then I kind of translated that into to working on it on my own, and that group of friends throughout throughout prime or throughout um, high school kind of would spend weekends and evenings kind of doing photography, and just kind of advanced from there. Um, I did journalism at Carleton University, and like part of um, part of writing the stories was like taking taking the photos to associate with stories for print and for online, um, and that kind of helped me develop technical skills and everything else. I I learned online. The internet is <laughs> the internet is probably the greatest oh, resource that you can find oh, when it comes yeah, to photography. Exactly. Oh yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. So, cause cause you're taking like the um, journalism and storytelling. Do you think like it's a big part of photography, like the whole story part of that aspect of it? It it yeah, like I story like it even says on my website like every picture yeah. tells a story. What's yours? Yeah. And I think like storytelling is is key to whatever you're doing. Um, like for example, with with wedding photography, like you kind of have you're telling a story depending on how long you're covering the event. You're telling True. a story from beginning to end. So preparing and like the nerves that come, the ceremony and like just yeah. kind of the joyful faces that you have once everything's done in the reception where. I typically stay till about ten thirty because after ten thirty, you don't people don't want pictures Oof. taken of what happens after ten thirty. Yeah, that's fair. Um, that's fair. So and that and that translates to brands too. So I uh, I recently just did um, a shoot with uh, Hobo Cannabis yeah, yeah. Uh, on Bank Street, and just being able to tell the story of of the store like it's it's I've never never been to a cannabis store before, and it was yeah. very much like American Eagle during the two thousands. It was very laid back and like relaxed and um it just was a really nice space to be in. you're just telling yeah. the story of the brands that hobo is is selling and just kind of the knowledge of the staff and just kind of being able to relate product to person at the end of the day that's right yeah so uh does like does storytelling get involved when you're creating your captions as well or do you leave like kind of the picture to tell the story um, I, I usually leave it to the photo and that's typically because I'm terrible at captions. <laughs> I will, uh, I will call my sister or my girlfriend up and say, Hey, what's funny? What's witty? What's going to catch people's attention? Um, like I look at it, it's like, it's 60, 40. I think that if you've got a good picture, it can, it can speak for itself. And the caption is, is a bit of window dressing and kind of the ability to share either the backstory of the photo or, um, be able to kind of pivot to 
hey, these are services that I provide and these are services that um, I think would really work out for you if this is if this is the story that you're trying to tell. Sweet. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so you're a full-time photographer and then you do like entrepreneur on the side or together too, right? Yeah, so um, kind of, I guess, so when I'm not doing photography, I am a co-founder for Chill Print Promotions. So okay. we're, it's a promotional marketing company based here in Ottawa um, and we do, um, so it's like t-shirts, business cards. Uh, we do a lot of brand strategy as well. So before I started kind of taking on um, photography as a separate venture, there was a lot of what we did at Chill that it required photography. So um, we do a lot of contracts for um, political co- clients. Um, yeah. So it would be kind of just being taking pictures of, of the, um, the candidate and the team and presenting the team as, um, as approachable. Um, so that's kind of where it started. And then I kind of split it off as a separate entity just because yeah. I wanted it to be, I wanted it to be separate and I wanted to kind of expand on, um, what I could do. Um, so yeah. when I'm not taking pictures, yeah. I'm working, <laughs> I'm working at chill. Okay. Right. So what are kind of some steps you've taken to like become a full-time photographer? Um, so the biggest, I guess kind of the biggest thing that I did was just kind of creating, um, a presence online. So I had, I had my Instagram before and I would post, I would alternate between photos and like photos from my, 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 uh, my phone. Um, and it wasn't really curated at all. Um, and then I started kind of setting it up to be presenting more of the professional side of photos. Um, from there, I used that to piggyback onto launching a website and just being able to have a web presence and being able to be found. Um, I think that's kind of the biggest thing in, in any business is being able, especially in the 21st century, is have, having a web presence, having a footprint, yeah, and like yeah. having people be able to find you, find your work. Um, it also saves a lot of time in the onboarding process. It's like, oh, well, I'll send you photos. I'm like, well, you can go online and you can see everything that I've done in this kind of particular niche. And if that's of them meet your needs, then we can kind of further the conversation. And you kind of don't have to worry about, um, I guess, kind of, stressing the conversation longer than it needs to be <laughs> exactly yeah. just too much time per client it, exactly well not even well, that it's like i'm I, I hate i hate email chains yes like yeah. i think i've got one in my my chill inbox right now that's like 82 <laughs> messages that's insane and i'm just like is there any way that we can get into it it's like all the information's online but like obviously you just have not been looking for it so i just kind of keep on sending it back and forth yeah. And, um yeah that's where yeah. i like I, I like hopping on phone calls yeah. Just because, like, email chains just, they yeah. annoy me because information gets misleading and, like, they never get, or, like, it, the communication is just not there. So mm-hmm. I just, like, hop on a phone call or just let's meet up mm-hmm. and then let's... Well, it, and it plan. totally, I guess, kind of depends on who the client is. I find oh, yeah. that with millennials, phone calls stress millennials out. I'm, I'm one <laughs> of those people, like, if, if I get cold called for something, like, it stresses me out a little bit and it's like, oh, like, you kind of interrupted the flow of what I'm doing, so oh, yeah. um, I find that if you're, you're a Gen Xer or baby boomer like it's it's much easier to just email yeah yeah it, it, it all depends everybody everybody's different. exactly so it all depends kinda... on your uh, target audience too right because if you're looking for more like maybe a higher end people you want that commitment of they actually want a phone call because if you just yeah. email then you're like eh, but it's, it's passive where it's right? like yeah, yeah. a phone call is like you you know it's going to be it's a solid lead yeah going into it mm-hmm. yeah. yeah definitely even like scheduling the phone calls helps a lot yeah too. oh yeah prepare yeah. before the hand <laughs> oh, <absolutely. laughs> make sure you're not driving and whatnot to take notes and shit like that yeah yeah but, um 
So what are some tips for someone like kind of trying to transition into full-time photography? Um, I guess kind of the biggest thing is to just take it seriously like you would take any other kind of job. So that involves com- <clears throat> committing a certain amount of hours to it um, every week um, and presenting yourself um, both online and in person as, as the brand that you, you want to be. So whether that's you're specifically a wedding photographer, you're specifically a commercial photographer, um, I'm kind of in the place right now where I'm a jack of all trades and I'm going to try and cull it down to um, specialized niches that I like. Um, and that's that's just the big thing is um, being willing to commit time to it. Uh, Rome wasn't built in a day, so don't expect that, oh, I, I bought my Rebel and now I'm taking headshots for $25 a piece. Yeah. Like I... That's, you're not going to blow up overnight. You need to, it's patience, it's determination, and it's just being willing to be in it for the long haul. Um, because I find that even even now with, um, like I set my website up back in November 2017, it's, it's very much a slow burn to yeah. kind of get to where you're going. Um, and as someone that's not overly patient, <laughs> patience is like the biggest thing that I can I can say, and I have to stress when it comes to, you know, being a full-time photographer. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, do you still do like a lot of free shoots and stuff like that? Um, I do free shoots if there's a concept that I like, or there's something that I want to explore. Um, like I, I'll have brands or companies that'll ask me to do free things and it's like, Oh, for exposure. I'm like, and like you've all seen the meme online. Oh yeah. Oh, my rent is so many exposure bucks. Like, yeah. um, I like if it's for if it's for a charity and it's a charity that means a lot to me. Like, absolutely, that's something that I'm I'm more than willing to support. Um, but I think there is there is a culture around photography and media where it's like you kind of need to you need to be paid for your work. Yeah. And it's hard for I guess a lot of older um, established companies to say well my nephew can do this or this that and the other thing yeah. it's like well then don't ask me to do it for free go go talk to your yeah. nephew <laughs> and it's it's all it's all a balance of being both polite and being firm um because i've i've had cases where um people have come in and it's like oh well this is great but this is our budget and it's like well well why did you approach me if when we initially started discussing you knew what the rate was or what the hour, what the flat rate was or what the hourly rate was. And you've now wasted both of our time. So, um, but going, yeah, going back to free shoots, like absolutely. Like there are, um, if there are concepts I want to shoot or there are models that I really want to work with, then yeah, I'll do, I'll do free shoots in that cases, but I don't necessarily believe in doing free shoots for established brands or companies. Like if you're just starting up, like we can, I I've been there and I understand that. I like, there's absolutely something that we can, we can negotiate, but, yeah. um, yeah, that's just kind of, I've kind of rambled on now a whole bunch, but that's yeah. Free shoots are yes. Some of the time. Yeah. A hundred percent. I feel you on that. True. Some people would get, even people kind of get too greedy with the free shoots as well, yeah. which I've noticed happened. Well, and yeah. it's just kind of like, I've had instances where people are like, well, where are my photos? Where are my photos? Where are my photos? I'm like, well, here are all the paid shoots that are in the log that I have to deliver so that I can afford the equipment to do the free shoots. So once I work through that, I will get to this. Yeah. Um, I'm usually like, I'm usually pretty good about getting things turned around. That being said, like I have all of my passion products or passion projects that are kind of sitting in, 
in limbo right now from like the last like I've been to <clears throat> where I've been to um, Brussels and Dublin and San Francisco and Washington and I have all these these great pictures of like national monuments and like landscapes and uh, cityscapes and they're all kind of sitting in the queue and it's like well I really want to get to these but I have to do the paid ones <laughs> and then somewhere in the middle like the free shoots are getting done too yeah so yeah. Again, it comes down to being willing to dedicate the time to it. And, like, you guys you guys probably feel the same way. Like, oh, the shoot is done. It's on my computer. I've called it, but I don't want to edit it right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, I want it to just kind of sit, and I'm going to think about it, and then I'm going to put my, like, the best effort into it. Because, the, like, the worst possible thing you can do is, is you rush through, and you don't like the work, and the client doesn't like the work, and nobody's happy, and it just it doesn't, it doesn't help. So... Patience kind of goes both ways on both being a photographer and like being the client, um, and just managing expectations early on. Oh yeah, most definitely. Sure. Most definitely. Yeah. So when you, oh yeah, it's all good. Continue. Yeah. So so when you go on your like your trips there, mm -hmm. do you? Because I know you shoot film a bit. Do you, yeah. Do you try to shoot a lot of film during those trips? More for like, is it more for like fun, recreational? Film. So film, like I just recently got okay. into. So for Christmas, my family got me. Um, like a Canon 300V, which yeah. is like the early Rebel, which shot 35 millimeter film. I've got a Practica LTL, which is like an old Soviet camera. And then when I was in Calgary, actually, I bought a, I just bought a um, Mumia C220, which is a TR, TR is it TRL or TLR, like the, the dual lens system. And you kind of look yeah, down and those, oh, okay those yeah, are, yeah my buddy has one here so i just yeah so <laughs> actually just on the way here i just dropped off my first round of 120 millimeter film and see how that goes like i um film film is mostly for fun i haven't gotten to the point where like um i offer it as a service it's yeah. more of like hey like we're here and this is like we've shot everything digitally and like we'll try a couple of things on yeah. film yeah so like thankfully with the canon like it works with all my 5d mark four accessories so like I'll, I'll i'll slap the lens on and i'll slap like the flash on and i can play around with that or um or i'll dial in all of the same studio settings that i'm working on in the 5d4 and then uh, yeah. kind of go for there but like film film for me is more of like it's experimenting it's like oh well like i appreciate the digital i have i have by no means mastered the digital aspect of photography but like the film is like a you kind of yeah it's kind of a passion project it's kind of a yeah, yeah this is fun like this is exciting and this is kind of making a comeback and that's kind of where i yeah. i play around with that the thing that i i hate or well not hate the thing that i dislike most about film is that it's hard and few and far between to find like a good lab to get a process so like i was in calgary and i bought the camera and i bought the film and i had like I had a roll of, of porta 400 and like kodak nectar and i was trying to find a place to develop it didn't want to take it to London Drugs because... <laughs> nope. No, they just... You don't take anything to London Drugs. I've had terrible experiences with developing film at London Drugs. Ooh. And there's, like, there's only one... Um, there's a one guy who develops film in Calgary, and he's so backlogged that, um, like, it took him a week to get back to me. And, like, honestly, like, I'm, I'm happy to hear that, like, he's got so much work going on for film because that encourages me that I can go and I can buy some of these higher-end medium-format cameras, and, like, there's yeah. still, like, a, a demand for it. But, yeah, um, like, here like lab works on bank is is great and they're quick and that's my like that's my only thing is like being able to shoot film and it's like well i have to find the perfect lab to get it done depending on where i am oh yeah yeah because I'm, I'm just trying to get into film like just mm -hmm. starting it just for like kind of like the shits of it like i like the kind of like the look it gives off and yeah. stuff like that 
what I really like, like my probably my favorite part about Phil is like you shoot it and then like, well, that's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. It's and then like like it, and it's a great it's a le- great learning experience because you know what like with digital it's like you know what I'll put it in in low speed continuous and it's like well I'm gonna dial in the settings a little bit different and like maybe like I can I can tweak it and I see what it's gonna look like whereas yeah. like film it's like you really like I probably spend between five to ten minutes like kind of setting up each individual film shot and like metering the light and like making sure that there's no one in frame like I was <laughs> I was at the stampede. And I was trying to like get old school carnival signs on the on the Mamiya. So first of all, like you're shooting at waist level, so you look you look ridiculous. And I, I'm trying to like shoot up and avoid people. And like I was trying to get like this mini donut sign, and I just had like I wasted like three frames because people were like running into my shot. And I'm like, uh, I guess I'll find out when I get it developed. That's why you got you got to bring a stack of little cones and just put cones so right. people don't don't pass and take your shot. <laughs> right, like you would, you would you would think that, but like. Oh no! Yeah. Some people are generous. What kind of what kind of film camera do you have? Uh, I just bought like one of those disposable ones right now. Yeah. Because my Polaroid broke again for the second time. <laughs> so, uh... I I have a love hate. So I I have the same I have the same uh, Polaroid camera. I have a love hate relationship with it because I find that like the film the film is tricky. Like I'll I'll this the shot looks like it's gonna be fine. Like you shake it, you put it in your pocket, and it comes out and looks terrible. So, See, I thought you weren't supposed to shake those ones. So that's probably what I'm doing wrong, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> Just shaking them. It depends on the ones, but I'm, yeah, you can't shake them. I thought with, I know that like a lot of people thought you were supposed to, but I mm-hmm. I think I was reading on them. I still have a box over there. I don't remember if you're supposed to shake you just, them or not. You, so you just put them in your pocket? I think so. Yeah, you just put them face down. Because so I know there. with the new ones, you don't shake. Okay, so yeah. there we go. Because it could be, maybe with these, you do shake. The old school, yeah, the old school one you used to, yeah, because I remember, okay, <laughs> stupid story. I used to went to, at the dentist when I was a kid, yeah. and they would take a Polaroid shot of you and then write your name and put it on the board. I don't know why, but I remember that. Look at the wall of smiling faces. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> little kids, right? It was really creepy, but anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and like you would shake them. I remember yeah. shaking them, so I don't know if it was correct or not, but I know back in the days you would shake them. Well, mm-hmm. there's there's the lyric like shake it like a Polaroid picture, like. Right? That's kind of what I based yeah. that off of. That's the that's the limit of my knowledge. I'm yeah. yeah, like I have the new uh, the Instax Wide 300 as well. Okay, that's the one that actually broke. But that the Polaroid right there, the the flash doesn't work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. That's... So no, you haven't like done any old school like 35 mil cameras. I've, I've shot with it. Yeah. But the flash doesn't work, so I'm literally trying shaking. to shoot in here as much as I can. Sure. Like I've had a couple of turn out not bad, but they're yeah. also just dark. I had like like I took it to like a victory party and like I had some. Like the photos turned out really well, and then yeah. I took it on a family outing, and it was like it was like night and day. The photos were terrible. And it was just like, <laughs> what am I doing wrong? Yeah, I find them iffy, but I I want to get like an eye type one. Okay. Just yeah. to kind of see what that's like. Mm-hmm. But like I like the wide like the Instax wide three hundred takes really nice clean shots. Like mm-hmm. that's what most of my Polaroids around yeah. back behind that is. But it just that's the second one that's broken on me. That's brutal. So do you do, do you do film at all? Not yet, no. Like, my parents have two film cameras, yeah. so I might get into it. I just gotta buy rolls and see if they still work. I'm yeah. From there. Like, I'm trying to think who in auto... Like, you know, on Amazon, like, I got really... I got... Well, it wasn't... Exp- like, it's not expired from Amazon, because I got Kodak Porta... Or, not Kodak. Yeah, it's Kodak. Porta 400 from Amazon, but the thing is, like, you have to buy it in, like, a pack of... Like big bulk. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's, like, 70 bucks for, yeah. like, eight rolls. Which is worth it if you actually know the camera works. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, right. Like the worst, yeah, the worst thing is like you buy a camera, like put the film in, and it's like, well, now I have all this film, and I have a camera that doesn't work. Then you have to buy another so, camera. Hope that one works. Oh yeah. Like I bought, like 
I think I picked up like before I got I got like a Canon eighty one at a garage sale. I put a roll okay. in, I shot the whole roll, and then I took it to get developed and there was a light leak. So there was oh. like a diagonal line across all of my frames and I'm like, I could fix that in Photoshop, but, but. like why do I why would I want to do <laughs> yeah. that? I yeah. think I might pick up like the K one thousand. K one thousand now I don't I don't know which one that is. Is that a Fuji? Pentax, isn't it? I think it's Pentax. Yeah, because I got... Because we had Silk made on yesterday. Yeah. And uh, he talks like uh, he knows a lot about film because he shoots film. Oh, I love his film stuff. Yeah, so he was saying like like one of the beginner ones to pick up would be like a K1000, or I think he said AE1 as well. Yeah, AE1, like, AE1 without a light leak, light leak is great. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I'm pretty sure it's still got the same EF mount as like the modern cameras. Because I know that's what, so with my Canon 300V, I throw like my my Sigma art glass on there yeah. and it's it's great. Okay, yeah. Because you're like, I, like my parents have, I have a, I don't know which one, but it's a Minolta and the other one's a Pentax, but the Pentax is digital. Oh, okay. Right? But both of them, like the, the email doesn't work. Oh, okay. So I was like, damn. So it's either I get a converter for those or I buy one that actually will support the F lenses. Right. So uh, I know you kind of already touched on the way you photograph but like what do you kind of mainly focus on um prefer to shoot even so there's i guess there's two kind of categories there there's the things that i like to shoot and there's things (laughs) that i like to shoot that pay the bills yeah um so in category one the things that i like i love like architecture and i love like cityscapes and landscapes like i love kind of wandering around to get no park in the fall and like getting all the colors or like wandering out to the mountains um, and in category B, it's a lot of like portraits and commercial work. So like working with, um, like content creators, social influencers, and like entrepreneurs to kind of help them both create their brand and like expand their company's brand. Um, as well as, um, something that I'm just kind of branching out into now too is weddings. So I, weddings are incredibly stressful. <laughs> um, there is, there is a lot of pressure on the photographer to, to get those once in a lifetime kind of moments. Um, but I find it really rewarding and I just find it really, once you kind of get into the swing of things, like I find it to be really enjoyable and you're, you're spending the happiest day of someone's life with them and kind of capturing those moments mm-hmm. for them. So, um, yeah. So uh, yeah, two, two categories there is what I'm, what I mainly photograph. Sweet. So for weddings, like I know there's like wide range, but do you do mostly like more like Catholic based weddings or is it more like, all over the place as yeah well. so i haven't re- i don't really pigeonhole myself into like one oh, specific yeah. type of wedding so like i i have done um catholic weddings christian weddings non-denominational weddings yeah. um just kind of like the the non non-spiritual based weddings yeah um I've, i haven't done like the big like multicultural weddings so okay. like indian weddings or sikh weddings just because yeah. before i kind of even think about doing that i'd like to do i like to second shoot for somebody that's experienced because yeah those are a whole different affair in and of themselves. Um, and if you think that you, you know what you're doing just because you're a wedding <laughs> photographer, you will be completely blown out yeah. uh, walking like, in with that kind of attitude. Cause like the schedule is completely different, right? Like it's, you don't even know what's going on. <laughs> oh, it's like, and it's, and like, like weddings are a full day affair within themselves. And like yeah. these weddings are full day affairs, multiple venues. Like oh, yeah. there's a lot of moving parts and like, you just need to need to know what you're doing. Um, before you get in there so yeah like before i even i have i have referred those types of weddings to people that i know that are experienced and i'm hopefully going to second shoot one or two before the summer's done and then i can think about whether or not i'm I'm comfortable to take on that (laughs) level of responsibility oh yeah 
Because, yeah, like, I'd love to shoot an Indian wedding. wedding. Like, oh, oh like, so colorful. They, they, awesome. They're colorful, and, like, oh, they're man. they're amazing parties. Like, like I, I've attended one, and, like, they're just, it's nonstop. Everybody's having a great time. Like, it's just very fast-paced, um, but not at the point where no, I'm no. going to shoot them <laughs> just yet. No, yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, I mean, is there something that makes you different than a lot of photographers from Ottawa? Like, is there something that makes you unique? Yeah, so you? I guess kind of, like, my, my differentiating factor is that, like, my background is initially in marketing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not a photographer who markets. I'm a marketer who is also a photographer. Um, so... Like I, like I mentioned, so a lot of the photography work that I've done with, with my first company um, has kind of grown into both storytelling and like being able to tell brand stories and being able to position people for their customers. And I take that experience and that, that background and then translate that into storytelling and photography. So like being a marketer first and then a photographer, mm-hmm. do you think that plays like a huge role in you getting potentially more clients than other people? Uh, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't say like... Again, I wouldn't measure. I don't like to measure against other people. Right, right, right. I think that's that's part, that's the most important thing in photography is that you don't measure yourself against I guess competitors. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even call them competitors. Like we're all working in the same field. We all have different levels of experience. We all have different equipment. Um, and I find that when you kind of get down to the nitty gritty of yes, we compete with one another. Like yes, there's there's such a thing as healthy competition, but there's also unhealthy competition. And just thinking yeah, like, yeah. well, why didn't I get that job over that photographer or or why doesn't my stuff look like this guy on Instagram? Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like, I wouldn't say that it helps me me book more clients. I think that it helps me make. I wouldn't say make less work, but it helps me kind of streamline the process of like creating content for clients in the way that it's like, well, what are you looking for? What kind of story are you trying to tell? Right. And just kind of starting from there, as opposed to well, these are the kind of photos that I yeah. want. I'm like well, let's get a little bit deeper into what those photos mean and what those photos say to your potential audience. Yeah. Because you have that experience, so you know what works, what doesn't as well. And then it's more of, like, strategy-based. Yeah. Instead like, of just, like, let's just shoot typical, like, not typical, but, like, your main yeah. shots you would get. Well, it's even, even like, when I do simple simple headshots and, like, people mm-hmm. come into the studio and just sit on the chair, I'm like, well, what are these for? What are you trying to convey? And then we can kind of play around with, like, well, if it's for, for LinkedIn, like, yes, we'll do a couple on the white backdrop, but we also want, if you're, if you're an entrepreneur and you want to stand out doing something a little fun, we'll, we'll play around with colors. Like we'll do, we'll do yellow because it's bright and it's punchy and we'll do blue depending on if it's something that matches your brand style and just kind of playing around yeah. with that as opposed to like stand in front of the wall, position the light like this and you're done. Have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And do you have like a, a workflow for headshots? Like how do you greet your clients from like A to Z during the shoe? Yeah. Um, so basically I get them in, I get them, com- like I want like the most, like the worst possible thing that can happen, like doing any kind of shoot is you don't want people to be uncomfortable. Yeah. So you get them in, like, can I get you something to drink? Like chat, give them, like give them a little bit of preamble. Like how's your day going? Like what's on the agenda? Like what are you doing after this, before this? Yeah. Um, I like to put on music. I want people to like, what, what's your favorite kind of music? Like what makes you, like what puts you in the zone? Like what yeah. makes you comfortable? So, I've, uh, I'm a, I'm a country music guy. So like, I'll don't get a lot of people in the studio. Like, yeah, like put on some Alan Jackson. Like I'll be fine. I'm like, no. So like, I get everything from like jazz and R and B and like, I'll just kind of throw that on the, on the speaker oh, yeah. and, um, I'll get them in kind of the standard poses and like sitting on the, sitting on my stool or standing. And then once we've got all that kind of figured out, we'll do like, 
if you have props, if you have brought like a binder with you or you have your laptop or there's something from your company that you'd like to showcase along with your portrait, then we kind of play around with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the best, like, again, you want to make people comfortable. They want to feel like themselves so that when you do kind of capture that image, they're kind of portraying their best self. Yeah. Do you prefer to be in a studio or do you prefer to be out doing stuff? Um, so that's tough. I do, <laughs> I do like studio work just because it's controlled and I have a lot of space to kind of operate. Um, I, so with my studio work, I work with a set of uh, pro photo B10s. So yeah, they're, right. they're wireless, yeah. wireless or, um, yeah, wireless strobes. Yeah. So like a lot of, um, a lot of some of the great sets that I've done have been out of studio. So I've done two sets now at Invest Ottawa out in um, Bayview, Bayswater. Uh, it's a little uh, like a startup incubator space. And I have two clients that uh, that have worked out of there. And I take my strobes and kind of set up the space. And I like, I like, I definitely prefer environmental portraits over um, studio portraits, um, just because you get to tell like a little bit more about what's going on and they're a little bit more dynamic. So like the standard, like the white background is very kind of boring very mainstream but yeah. that's what some people want uh, whereas the environmental portraits are like well this is my place of work or this is a dynamic background and this kind of adds to like what i'm what i'm showing as as my own yeah very true do you find it hard to like get creative in a studio since you're kind of so limited um so i know definitely for like me shooting in studio and i know you kind of struggle a little bit shooting yeah. in studio like we find kind of you're limited to like what's there like being outside you can go out go out and like switch up locations mm. go out and do more stuff you know um yes yes and no so like again there's only like so many poses that you can kind of run through right. um but um i guess kind of the main thing about being in studio is like just have a good time and then kind of capture that good time because it projects well on the brand or, or the client or whatever you're working with and um like i typically bring like props with me or like different outfits and like especially with a lot of my um, a lot of my clients like to come in like well I want to do a couple different looks and I'm like sure absolutely yeah um, but you're no you're entirely right like working outside like you get to change the angle go around the corner like work with different things so yeah. um, as far as like yeah as far as doing creative shoots uh, or like brand like lifestyle shoots like I like to do them out of studio right most definitely how do you like the pro photos? kind of kind of jealous kind of jealous so they are they are they are beautiful um but uh i i wouldn't say that they're necessarily cash flow positive just yet um they're beautiful light they're super responsive like i think i can get um about 300 full powers flashes out of well that's what they're advertised for but i can definitely get like a full day of shooting out of them as long as it's not like shooting at 10 the entire time Uh, i love that they're portable um, I love that they're, so there's the B1Xs, which is what I kind of practiced on and like love them. They were great. But the great thing about the B10s is like they're the size of a camera lens and I can throw them in my backpack. And then um, if I'm out working, I can just like throw it on a truck. Instead of like carrying a separate bag for my lights, I can throw the B10s in my camera bag, throw, slap one on a tripod uh, because it's got a different foot on it and it's all very compact and easy to go. Um, they're not as powerful as the B1Xs, um, like I think they're they're 250 watt seconds over 500 watt seconds for the B1Xs, but like I've never had a problem where they've like they haven't been powerful enough for what I want them to do. Yeah. So. So eventually, 
when I get my own house, count my own studio, I want it yet. So. But that's a while down the road. Yeah, <laughs> no, like I, I bought them. Like I, I had put like all of my gig money aside, and I had some Christmas money that came in, and I went and bought them on Boxing Day. And with the warranty and everything, like the price came up, it's like oh, they're still a little bit out of reach. But I'm like, you know what? I deserve this. I'm gonna treat myself. Um, like they have definitely one of the more costly investments that I made, but like they they definitely help for like again that differentiation that we talked about is like I can show up on site with my lights and I don't I don't have a big footprint in your space and we're still kind of capturing like the high quality strobe stuff that we would do in studio and you're getting the added benefit of in your place of work or the place that you're comfortable or the place that you want clients to kind of see. Yeah. Yeah. It's a quicker setup. Oh yeah. So do you mainly use like umbrellas and stuff or like soft boxes or what do you prefer to use? So when working in studio, I typically like the soft boxes just because you could kind of that added control on light. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm working out of studio, then I will do umbrellas just because it's quick and easy to pop them as opposed to like building an umbrella in like somebody's restaurant. And it's just like, I don't want to get it dirty. I don't want to take up too much time. Yeah. But um, and even even then when I'm when I want to be quick. Um, I will leave the B10s at home and I have the A1 as well. So I'll throw the okay, A1 yeah. on a light stand or the tripod and it works with my, my air remote. So, okay, yeah. Sweet. so yeah, I picked up the A1. The A1, like it's expensive. Uh, it's expensive, <laughs> but you know, like it's the light, the light is beautiful. I like the lithium ion battery is great for a recharge cycle. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. And the nice thing is that before like, the air remote, I think is like 600 bucks. Yeah. So I bought the B10s and instead, like, I saved up a little bit to buy the remote, but I just used the A1 as my air remote until I bought. Oh. So yeah, no. Shit, I don't know you can do that. Yeah, the A1 is uh, is an air, is got an internal air remote built into it. Smart. Yeah. That's pretty dope. Yeah. yeah I don't even use my flash enough. No. <laughs> See, people like I like. Well, do you do you do a lot of natural light stuff or? Yeah, for the most part. Like I've kind of tried to start bringing it with me just to use it as a filler. Yeah. But then. It's kind of stuck on my camera, mm-hmm. so I can't really move it around too much. But. Well, and it's also like super bulky. That's yeah. the one thing. Like it is like it's the equivalent of what the what is it the Canon six hundred EX or whatever. It's they're big boys and like yeah even like when I'm in weddings and like I'm trying to navigate I'm like oh I don't want to break the flash off the camera <laughs> like, but um, I'm not I'm not big on natural light stuff. No. I like you know what I'll do it every now and then like if I'm out like like a lot of so a lot of the um, the carnival lights stuff that I do is, is all natural light. I don't yeah. like to take flashes like that because I like the ambient. Um, but like for weddings, like I'll always have a flash with me and like two or three batteries because yeah, I just, I'd rather have it bounce and fill and be able to play around with it in post than have to worry too much about, well, well the lighting is really bad. Like for walking down the aisle, like, oh, the lighting's really bad, but like I can spruce it up in a, like an on-camera flash. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. And again, you, ra- you can raise up your f-stop too. Yeah. With the flash, which yeah. is, you kind of want to do that during weddings. <laughs> you can raise the f-stop and you can lower your, your shutter sure, yeah. speed. Yeah. Yeah. So, probably the last question that we mm-hmm. have. Um, this one's for me because I was kind of curious. Mm-hmm. Uh, why do you post like a four-shot series? So, like... When I originally started posting on Instagram, it was, um, like, I would just kind of post random photos. Like, if you look, I think, what was it, probably, like, April of last year, like, I would just post, like, random shots, and I, I, (laughs) it's funny, I used to give people, like, a really hard time for, like, people would ask me, like, what's your theme? I'm like, 
whatever looks good. (laughs) (laughs) There's no rhyme or reason. And then there was, um, there was a photographer that I follow, um, and she would do portrait series. So she would do the three pictures and then the one, um, two by two by three set. And I really kind of liked the way that it looked. And I was like, you know what? Like maybe add a little bit more, um, it looks like I've added a little bit more time to it. So that's kind of my big thing is like, I would love to post all of my favorites from every series. Like right now on my Instagram, I think my last series is from probably my favorite wedding that I've ever shot, which was last year in uh, Alberta. It was a barn wedding and like it was in the middle of um, forest fires. So like the the sky was all gray, but it was like having a giant diffuser. So like the light was all like really nice and like the colors were beautiful. Um, And I've totally lost my train of thought. Um, I just, I just like having it all kind of contained. Cause I, again, I would like to post every photo, but like if I can limit it to four, then I will post the four to my Instagram and then I will post the blog to my Facebook page. And you can kind of see the four plus the additional ones that I really want to showcase from that shoot. So it's kind of exercising restraint. So it's not like, well, this is now the 12th photo from that wedding. Like, yeah. can we see something else? So yeah. it just kind of to, to, to limit myself just differentiate between the two like the sets yeah that's fair yeah. you wanna hop into lightning round then let's do it you got your air horn <laughs> <laughs> we need one alright so lightning round 10 questions answered off the top of your head mm-hmm. you ready as ready as I'm ever gonna be <laughs> famous person you'd like to shoot uh, Harrison Ford uh, favorite food oof I'm a burger guy morning and night person definitely night uh, if you could live anywhere where would it be Uh, probably somewhere in Europe. Go-to lens? Uh, I love my 85mm portrait lens. That's a new one. Well, same with him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Favorite drink? Brian Ginger. Uh, first thing you'd buy if you won a million dollars? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'd pay off my student loans and put the rest on a house. Who would you call if you got put into jail? Probably my sister. Mac or PC? Definitely PC. Yeah. Uh, what would you tell your younger self? Uh, take risks, have fun, don't take anything too seriously. That's pretty good, pretty nice. good. Do you have any uh, questions for me or Frank? Uh, I guess kind of like, well, we've, we've talked a lot about me, but like, what's, so I know you guys are both, you're both still at Algonquin or you're done at Algonquin? I'm done, yeah. Graduated. I dropped out. Yeah, that's okay. I've done that a couple of times at Algonquin. Uh, I actually done that twice at Algonquin, which we won't tell you. Oh shit, the mic's down. Um, so, okay, so yeah, why? Like, what was kind of your? If you want to talk about it, what's like? Why did you did you find that the program wasn't working for you, or did you find that what was? So like the yeah, I'm fine talking about, it, but like the reason I kind of dropped out is well, first of all, my GPA was high enough. Mm-hmm. Um. That reason was because I was already kind of focusing on doing my own stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I completed like three semesters. I was going to drop out at the beginning of the third, but I wasn't like, kind of didn't drop out in time mm-hmm. type of thing. So I dropped out at the end of the third semester. Um, but yeah, I was already focused on my own stuff. And if I went back and I handed anything in late or anything failed or anything like that, then I could have got asked to leave. Mm-hmm. So it's either waste or potentially waste four grand and get a piece of paper that in the end it doesn't really do too much sure. or I keep that four grand kind of keep on doing what I'm doing and stuff like that and work it out like so far it's doing really good for mm-hmm. 
Um, I don't regret going to school. Yeah. Like I'm glad that I went and learned a lot of like the business. I definitely would have wouldn't have learned studio unless I actually kind of put in the time to do that. Mm-hmm. Would have learned printing and stuff like that. So I'm kind of glad that I did that. But yeah, like I don't regret dropping out or anything yeah. like that. It hasn't bit me in the ass so far. Yeah. Well, then what are so what are the wood for that? <laughs> so you got a lot more time to like focus on. So like, what are the the big things that you're working on right now? Uh, right now, just uh, working on this podcast. You know, traveling for Mud Hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of working on starting to run ads for this podcast. We want to start doing that, yeah. branching out. Um, doing a lot of traveling. Kind of trying to start like. I'm getting into like a lot of videography because that's kind of like I'm more intrigued to kind of get yeah. into that. Well, something, there's a, there's a huge difference. demand for it. Yeah, uh, more like cinematography and stuff like that. So recently, just started uh, filming like mini videos of our shoots, like yeah. one minute long videos. Eventually, I want to get really good at that. Then trying to take that into longer videos, like a couple outfits. Uh, start dropping them on YouTube and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I eventually want to start vlogging again, but. I don't know, we're just making like cinematic films, mm-hmm. shit like that. That's kind of like the game plan as of right now. But So then I'm gonna flip the same question that you, you asked me then. So you're you're doing Mud Hero, you're doing all this stuff. How like what's your best approach for brands? So Do for, they find you? Do you reach out to them? What's what's the magic? For Mud Hero, I'm sauce? actually doing labor work. So oh, it's okay. not photography. Um I haven't really reached out to too many brands to work with. Yeah. Do they find they find you or? Kind of, sorta. Like, uh, me and him did one for the drop in Jam Cereal. I didn't see that. I still have to go. I'm really, <laughs> I really miffed. I haven't made it to Jam Cereal yet because like it just looks so good. It's just oh, a, it's so. just a must. At least once. <laughs> so, good. so my cousin owns the drop. Yeah. So like I'll shoot stuff for him, and then my cousin's like best friends with the guy from Jam Cereal. Mm-hmm. So, for the most part, like working with brands, I've kind of like kind of networked my way into it. Like even shooting keys and crates at Blues Fest. Like, I shot them a message, offered them a service for free. They accepted it. I messed up on my part because I handed them the photos back too late. It happens. It happens. I'm, like, I, I knew, like, it was, like, three days late. They're already touring somewhere else. It's yeah. kind of, that's at least my reason behind the they didn't yeah, It's a good them. thing like, to have in your portfolio. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that works out. But, yeah, for the most part, like, I haven't tried reaching out to brands. Like, I've thought about it because we want to host, like, a, an Airbnb shoot. Yeah. With uh, certain photographers, certain models who actually, like, kind of put in the work for it. It should show up. Yeah. 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 A, lot of, <laughs> a lot of fake people out there on Instagram these days are just kind of shoot for the shits not actually trying to become a photographer. Yeah. So, but for that one, I want to reach out to brands, like, clothing companies, anything else. Mm-hmm. Possibly get Ruckify involved. Yeah. To rent stuff, shit like that. But, I don't know pretty much my way of reaching brands yeah definitely do a lot of research before you reach out to the brand yes the worst yeah you don't want to be unprepared yeah. I've, I've had a couple of instances where that's happened or even so. like start to kind of cater your instagram towards that brand mm-hmm. if that's your only mean of like kind of social media mm-hmm. you know if you're looking for she was not a sunglass company start posting a little bit of sunglasses or some around that before you reach out to them so they can go look at it and be like, oh, he's already shooting these. I'd yeah. rather have him shoot them in our glasses. So. Right. Yeah. It's kind of my approach on reaching brands. No, it's good. And you, so what did you think of the Young Uncle Pro career? Because I looked at it. Like, I, I finished at Carlton. Yeah. And I was looking, like, I've, <laughs> I've so I've dropped out of Algonquin twice because <laughs> I just, I did, coming from university college <laughs> is like a bit of a shell shock. I, I did what was it there was a brand management I did the first year of a brand management program and it was just okay. 
terribly organized and it was just <laughs> hated. And then um, I went to go do a project management certificate and yeah. then the school went on strike. And I was like, listen. <laughs> was, that, was that last year? Or was that uh, two years ago? Then? 2016, 2017? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I tried, yes. I went in and I signed up for the project management certificate and like it was also poorly organized and then the strike happened and then the school gave you the option of, of getting out of there yeah. I was like I'm gonna get out so yeah. but you what, what were your thoughts on yoga and photo program so I wasn't in the photo I was in graphic design okay so that was a pretty good program that was a three-year program yeah so like he learned all like after like everything from Adobe pretty yeah. much the whole Adobe suite and the whole design part of it I liked it the only thing is like I like to move yeah right so photography was more of like my go-to like after class i would just do photography get do up right behind the desk and exactly yeah. get to move talk to people and not being on a desk just editing or doing yeah. work so that's what kind of led me to more photography like i still have that background of design so i still do it mm. but like i actually liked it because i get more strategy out of stuff yeah. so i learned more of like the brands right like mm -hmm. how to set up things for brands which is like so not it's not marketing because marketing design is completely different i would say because yours is more about numbers, right? Yeah, or, it's like, I mean, it depends. Like, but. High, like high level strategy, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I just like the whole brand process of, of more like sitting down with the client, knowing what they want, yeah. and then go from there. So that's what intrigued me. That's why I did graphic design, just because I like doing design work and mm -hmm. more strategy. And then, like, I'm just trying to right now just mix in like creating content. So, like, either video, some design after effects work, yeah. or photos and then mix it all in with some more strategy so yeah the, that's, that's the a, that's the a great funny thing about that is i think it was last semester of this program in my head because we were always shooting he's like oh man i have so much work to do like it's due saturday or whatever <laughs> but it's a friday and we're out shooting yeah you haven't even started yet so in my head i'm like frank you're not gonna be having a graphic designer no. <laughs> well that's yeah oh, like that's God. actually how i transitioned more into photography is like i would yeah. use photography as an escape from from my work and yeah. then yeah it translated into well if i'm going to invest this into it i need to get some roi back to it yeah. so exactly no, i totally understand that so. yeah might as well just go balls deep and just go into photo yeah, yeah. what about brand stuff do you have you done a lot of brand stuff or i've done a bit like not like any huge brands but like i've done a couple logos for companies and things like that yeah that's about it cool but yeah i want to get a red bull sponsorship <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've seen you here late at oh, night man. doing the, the midnight grind, so like... Yeah. Oh. Just have a, a Red Bull fridge just sponsors. I have a guy who works at Red Bull. Yeah. So he hooks me up with Red Bull sometimes, so I'm trying to like slowly work my way into that, <laughs> because that would be absolutely sweet. I would make the midnight oil burn a lot easier. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, biggest crash ever in the morning. <laughs> I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for stopping by and listening to this episode. Thank you for stopping by. Thanks for having me, guys. Being a part of this episode definitely brought a lot of value here and definitely learned oh, yeah. a lot as well. Covered a bunch of topics. Yeah. Which is awesome. So uh, stay tuned for upcoming topics come, uh, surrounding the creative industry. If you'd like us to talk about a certain topic, let us know. If you'd like us to bring on a certain guest, let us know as well. Uh, leave a comment. You know, Check us out on YouTube. Like, subscribe, share, all that usual stuff. Stay every episode. Um, Make sure to check out our podcast Instagram at Born to Create Podcast. You can check me out at acf.media. FM.photography underscore design. And uh, where can they find you at? So I'm at Harrison M. Boyd on Instagram. Perfect. Everything awesome. will be linked in the description, guys. 
Peace out. Stay woke. Have a great Friday. Adios. Or whatever.